6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad. Wanted to get into, we've talked a lot about it, of the makeup of City Council. Uh, Want to get into the politics of it, the priorities, what the relationship looks like moving forward with the province. John Brennan is an Edmonton-based political analyst and commentator, joins us once again this afternoon. Hey, John. Hey, Jalen. It's great to be with you. Now, did you get some sleep last night? <laughs> I, I got back home very late last night, but boy, what a fun and exciting night. Uh, it was just an adrenaline rush. Yeah, tell me about uh, your thoughts uh, before we get into some of the, uh, the, the, the real, you know, I don't want to say real meat, but some of the political politics side of this. Your thoughts on uh, what you saw in in Edmonton that new look council well it, you know and, and you said it in your in your previous segment and in your interview with uh, Catherine O'Neill it was an historic night last night we had a huge changeover on council nine new members of council if you include Amarjeet Tsohi and if and if you don't then that's still eight new councillors eight women on city council we haven't had that many women on council since Jan Reimer was elected mayor in 1989 when it was a 7-6 split mm-hmm. and and as you mentioned Jalen uh, three people of color elected uh, the mayor the first time in the city's history Amarjeet Tsohi a South Asian man Karen Tang Jennifer Rice you know those those are huge we, the city council now reflects more the diversity of the population in Edmonton than it ever has in the past. And once again, very similar to the previous city council, this is most definitely a left-of-center progressive city council. Uh, Take a look at uh, the incumbents who didn't retain their seats. I mean, oftentimes being an incumbent, uh, you know, means that you're pretty much safe. That wasn't the case last night. That was truly remarkable, the fact that four of the incumbents went down to defeat. You know, Nickel obviously in the mayor's race, but I was really surprised to see, you know, Tony Katarina and John Zadok and Mo Banga all go down. And so there was something going on in those wards, and, you know, I don't live in any of those wards, so I'm not sure what was going on. But uh, it is certainly unusual in uh, in municipal politics to have that many incumbents go down. Because you recall in 2017, the only change to council was John Zadok knocking off Dave Logan mm-hmm. up in the old Ward 3 uh, in uh, North Edmonton, now Testa Winniwak. Um, but this time, to have that many incumbents go down, that was really something. Do you think provincial politics played a role in the outcome of what we saw in Edmonton and even Calgary last night? Well, provincial politics sort of casts a pall over everything, as it did in the recent federal election. There's no doubt in my mind that the success of Randy Watson of Edmonton Center and Blake Desjardins in Edmonton Griesbach was in part due to the unpopularity of the Kenny government and its mismanagement of the uh, pandemic. There's no doubt about that. What role it played in this municipal election? You know, it's really hard to say. Um, I feel very strongly that both the federal election campaign and this recent municipal election campaign were really dominated by the pandemic. You know, you can't get away from it. It dominates the news, whether it's on radio, television, and the newspapers. It's everybody's preoccupation, both from a health standpoint and also from the impact it's had on our economy. And what I saw in the debate during the course of the municipal election campaign was the candidates addressing that. You know, they were talking about 
the need, especially the the more conservative candidates running for mayor and the council races, the need for fiscal restraint to hold mm-hmm. the line on taxes and and to make city hall more business friendly, and the desire for the next mayor and council to really focus on the economic recovery that'll follow once we get through this fourth wave of the pandemic. We have heard uh, a lot of talk about relationship building with the province. We had heard from the the, the pre uh, the, the Nahid Nenshi and, and Don Iveson, uh, who remain mayor until next week, that uh, at times those relationships were different, difficult. What needs to be done? You know, there's there's a lot of you talk about recovery. You talk about some really big issues. You know, there's the, the big city charter. There's there's taxation. All of these things. How is how are those bi- bridges going to be built, John? Well, it, it starts with the politicians at the top, and I'm happy to hear that Premier Kenny reached out to mm-hmm. the two new big city mayors uh, to congratulate them, not just on Twitter, but with phone calls. Yep. So it starts with that kind of bridge building. As you say, Jillian, there's no, there, no doubt there was a very cantankerous relationship between Premier Kenny and Mayor Iveson and Mayor Nenshi. Now, those two mayors will be gone as of next week, so it's a clean slate now. And it'll be incumbent on Premier Kenny to reach out to Mayor Sogi and Mayor Gondek, um, develop a relationship with them, and to find out what things they can work on. And quite frankly, politically, this is in Jason Kenney's interest. You know, he's in a very weakened position right now. He's, you know, we saw the Angus Reid poll last week. He's sitting at 22% uh, approval rating. He is the most unpopular premier in the country. Um, the NDP is uh, doing very well versus the UCP in all the provincial polling. So it's actually in his interest to try to build a relationship with the, with the two big city mayors and try to get his government back on track. John, curious always about, and we've talked about this over the past number of weeks, about voter turnout. Mm-hmm. Um, in Edmonton, uh, I think last go around was around 30-31%. This time, I think we saw 36%, so a slight increase, but I'm still a little mind-boggled, gobsmacked, that, that it still remains that low. Is that apathy, or does that show maybe that people are happy with the way things are? Well, the weird thing is in politics, and it's like this in other countries as well, is citizens get more engaged in the national politics than their provincial or state politics and then at the local level. It's that way everywhere. And I never really fully understood it because, you know, municipal politics, municipal government actually affects people's daily lives Mm -hmm. far more so than it does in national politics or provincial politics. But, you know, in the recent federal election that we just had in September, the national turnout in the midst of the fourth wave of the pandemic was 62 percent and from what i see on the uh, elections edmonton website the turnout with all polls reporting is about 37.5 percent for edmonton i thought we would get to 40 (laughs) you know in the 2017 election the turnout was 32 percent so we did have some increase and i attribute that to the fact that we had a very competitive mayoral race Mm -hmm. with four or five very credible candidates and we also had um, you know, the two rep- provincial referendum questions and the Senate selection vote. So I thought that that would draw me more people out. I thought it would be a titch higher, but, you know, I guess we have to at least be grateful that we got up to 37 and a half um, from 32 last time. What are you expecting? I mean, as, as uh, the, the new council is sworn in here next week, I mean, budget's coming up right away, and boy, oh boy, yeah. that's going to be a tough one. It's going to be a really tough one, Jalen. You know, right now is a time where... 
uh, Mayor Alexoe and his uh, team are celebrating. All the new councillors are celebrating. They'll be taking apart their campaign offices and taking down their signs. And, you know, they're also thrilled to be elected. The hard, cold reality is going to hit in November because they're sworn in next week, and there's orientation the last week of October. And the first big agenda item on their desk in November is going to be the 2022 city budget, both on the operating budget and the capital budget. And we just saw a report out just a couple of weeks ago on the state of the city's finances. And you and I I talked about this the last time we spoke. The city right now for the 2022 budget is looking at about a $75 million projected shortfall. And that's a result of the fact that transit revenues are about half what they normally are. Revenues are down for rec centers because, you know, people just aren't using them as much because of the pandemic. Revenue is down from photo radar. Um, And, you know, the current council that's still in place until this weekend has already put in place a 1.8% property tax increase for next year. And if uh, the new council, you know, are going to have to make up this this shortfall, either with tax increases or or spending cuts. Mm. But if they didn't make any spending cuts, it would take another 4.3% property tax increase to make up the shortfall. Yeah, and they can't do that. They can't do and that. It, and they can't do that. And this is at a time when there are so many residential households and small yeah. businesses in the city hurting. And the candidates have heard that at the doors and talking to small businesses. So the 2022 city operating budget is going to be a real tough one for the new council. Uh, John Brennan, always appreciate your time. Thanks for this. Always great to be with you, Jalen. Take care. John Brennan, an Edmonton-based political analyst and commentator who's been uh, offering his insight into this campaign over the past number of weeks.